Welcome to the Panda Brothers Podcast, where we talk comics, movies, and cross-media storytelling. This episode, we go back in time to the rain-soaked streets of Portland, Oregon in the 1980s, where two teenagers with dreams of making movies and comics found a way to fulfill their creative aspirations. Stick around as we share our experience through the rough-and-tumble times of starting out as freelance artists and what led to our first big break in the comics industry, drawing the nationally published indie comic series Grendel Devil's Legacy. Written by Matt Wagner and published by Dark Horse Comics. I'm Jakob. I'm Arnold, and uh, we are comic book uh, creators and filmmakers and brothers. And uh, so we thought we would just kind of dedicate uh, this episode to our first major book, Grendel, Devil's Legacy, and kind of go back into the time machine and talk a little bit about the origin story of our collaboration and kind of the era, the milieu, and this opportunity that just changed the lives of two young guys living in Portland, Oregon in the mid 80s. And it really transformed the trajectory of our kind of collaboration and career Mm -hmm. and life. We're going to go back to the old school. Back to the old school. Go go back to the old days. Back to Um, old Portland. But we're going to do it quickly. It was a very supportive environment because we did have two artist parents. And they were always, you know, giving us blank sketchbooks and, you know, and, and, you know, stuff to draw on. So we were drawing you know, as little kids really early on and also watching, you know, our dad draw and paint and our mom create art as well as a printmaker and, and a paper maker. And so it was just always kind of around. And in a way, I think at that time, you know, the, the being a creative and being a creator was not nearly as mainstream and accepted as it is today. In fact, back no. then it was really like, you know, people would be, just be like, why would you want to be an artist? You know, why don't you be a lawyer or a doctor? Because you're going to basically be broke for the rest and of that, your life. Yeah, and that pressure was on young people to, you know, pursue those kind of conventional careers. And, and because there weren't a lot of avenues for artists, you know, you know, compared to, say, now where, you know, suddenly with the advent of digital, you, you actually have really meaningful careers in digital yeah, art. Yeah. And, 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 and a way to kind of get distributed immediately back then, it was really like, there were a lot of gatekeepers, you had to be discovered, and to be from a small town like Portland, Oregon, which at the time, you know, was not you know, wired to the grid in the, you know, on the internet no. scale. I mean, it was really like a small town between San Francisco and, uh, you know, Seattle. Right. And many people really didn't know where it was or thought it was, you know, just basically surrounded by massive trees and that was and it, it logging. Yeah, <laughs> and it is. But but there's now more buildings sticking yeah. out, so you can see it. So, you know, it was uh, it was very much like entertain yourself. It was right. really like find ways to entertain yourself, create, you know, things for yourself and sit around and draw and come up with ideas for comics. And, you know, just that was that was the that was the environment. And then um, but I think we were pretty ambitious in a weird yeah, way. I think we, we were kind of, uh, you know, sort of transitioning from. You know, we were, we were living with our mom as kids. And then really there was a, a point where we went and stayed with our father for, you know, here in Portland. And, uh, and that's when we started to kind of, I think we even came to get, to get we came together more uh, at that point because I think we felt more, I don't know, everything was new and this mm-hmm. relationship was, you know, with our father at the time. And we were just, I think we kind of were sticking together like a, even more of a team, if you will. And in that um, process, kind of, you know, drawing together on the same comic page, mm-hmm. and we were sort of, 
you know, and you and making films together. You were, mm-hmm. you had your Super 8 camera, and I think you just got you had a 16 millimeter, mm-hmm. and you know, sort kind of trying to come up with projects to do. And it was kind of our way of, I think, it, partly it was our way of of kind of maybe it was a bit of coping and kind of just everything being different, becoming teenagers. All of it was brand new. And so it was just a very vibrant, intense time. And then Portland was also one of, it was like 1980, you know, early 80s, a very uh, different kind of city than I think what people think of Portland now, a much darker kind of working class town, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, but there was like a little bit of a punk rock scene and new wave. And, and so kind of landed into little this, hole in the wall clubs. Little, and... Yeah. Underage clubs and, and little places you could go and, and, we were sort of, you know, being exposed to that, and that was kind of our generation. Um, you know, we were still pretty young, even kind of young for the punks, um, and finding our, our our kind of scene, you know, some of our friends and stuff, and, and going to school at this alternative high school called MLC, Metropolitan Learning Center, and um, and in, in, it was in those environments that I think we started to kind of uh, – find some kind of rhythm creatively mm-hmm. where we were actually doing projects together. And there was still that big brother, little brother thing. And when we started drawing this comic book for our school newspaper, we had a sort of, this was also, by the way, in the period of like, you know, nuclear anxiety, yeah, I mean, that, Reagan that, that, the, and all this sense yeah, of Yeah, the like mid eighties was really like the, starting the peak of the cold war. Right. And, and, and everybody thought that, you know, within 20 minutes you know the world could be annihilated so there was a pretty existential fear that was permeating the entire environment and especially as young people i mean i think now you know young people are very uh, uh, traumatized by the um the environment and the kind of global warming and what's happening to the world what what you know but back then i think the trauma was nuclear war, mm-hmm. you know, so there was a real kind and there of was angst a lot of that. a lot of drum beating and you know on all sides, so there was it, it felt more palpable, yeah, uh, and yeah. so you know those were the stories, those were the themes, um yeah, that so we we, were, we came up with this concept yes. called gamma world gamma, gamma world. world, and it was you know post apocalyptic yeah. world after the the nukes had had obliterated the earth and, and, and there were totally original idea. Yeah. What? Hey, you know, <laughs> early dystopian, yeah. uh, comics. So, uh, and that there was like these characters that were looking for the Valley of peace, a place right. where animals and plants and humans live together in yes. harmony. Yes. It and exists it's, it's, it's somewhere it's out there. Yes. Eden. And we must and find we, it. And then the characters were, were, uh, but, but we have to get through the mutant hordes. Yeah, the mutants. We are really into mutants and, and people being mutated, but not like the X-Men mutants, more like, you know, eyeballs on the side of your really head. Really messed up Yeah, characters. like evolved into some creatures. And so that was those were the dangers around the lur- lurking in the darkness were these mutants. And so... Uh, the the characters were kind of like these I don't know generic good looking. Well, it was very it was very you know, I think it was for me Miri and what was the guy's Carl and Carl and Miri and then Fritz the mutant assassin. Right. And and so at this point we were like, you were kind of coming up with the main overall story and then uh, you know and drawing the ships and the characters and stuff and I was kind of playing catch up. I still learning to draw, and you could draw really well. And could do it all, like you know, the the pretty girls and the 
superhero figures in the in the perspectives and all this. And I was I could kind of draw superheroes, and I couldn't draw girls yet. And so, <laughs> and the but just figure, you wait. No, just you wait. Uh, but and then. But then I had this character, you know, the mutant assassin. It's like he was my guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Your, to- your totem character. He was, he was my, your, I created your, the mutant assassin, yes. you know. And he's you know, it's very sort of probably influenced by the, you know, Wolverine. And the, yeah, the yeah tough well, guy. Wolverine and wizards. Uh, definitely some wizards in there from, yeah, yeah. Backsheet, well, Ralph, Ralph Bakshi's wizards. So in any way, so the, and, and, but we were getting in these little tiffs around like, well, I did this and you did whose that. Whose name so goes whose first. name and, and this and that. It was like classic. So Jakob was signing it first and I was like, well, I came up with the mutant assassin. And so then we started signing panels. And so we realized, you know, okay, this is kind of silly. And, uh, and then, you know, that was really where we, I think at that point we were kind of like, let's just do this as a collective, you know. Yeah, let's just. The Panda Brothers. Panda Brothers, which was very, you know, egalitarian. Yes, yes. And then so it was advanced, like, okay, but... cool, man. That's <laughs> but cool. But I, I mean, the, that, and a lot of that came from just growing up with a single mom and having to kind of, she was like, you guys. Take turns. Take turns. <laughs> and had to sort yeah. that stuff out. So I think those, you know, a lot of it came from that, uh, you know, that sort but, of. But I mean, we were probably like, what, like, I don't know. I mean, I might have been 17 if that. Well, that, that, by that. So, Gamma World, I was probably 12 or 13. You were like 15 15 or something like that. So, there we were. We didn't even really realize it, but we had created a brand. Right. But we didn't even know the term. It was like like something that was just, it was was kind of out of practicality. Yeah. So, we would stop. Yeah. It was, it was cool. But that once we did that, what was funny, then, you know, we'd sign the name to the comic. It was, this would appear in our school newspaper. Um, and people started referring to us as Panda Bros or Panda mm-hmm. Brothers. And so we, we started, it, it kind of stuck. And uh, so, you know, and but of course you were very independent and, and, and I was sort of doing my own thing too. And you were really getting into the films mm-hmm. um, and doing these, we did this film called Time Gate and we did this film, also very nuclear angst. Yeah, Walker, um, Walker 2000, Walker, end of the, a, another end of the world another, film. But still, yes, this through line. Mm-hmm. And then I started creating this character, I you know, I was, trying to draw women, you know, trying to learn the female figure. And, and, uh, at that time, of course, you know, very motivated to do so. And so I created this character called Carla and it was sort of, you know, space agent, femme fatale, yeah. you know, and, and that, that was also kind of like the era of star Wars, like the first totally set of star Wars films. So of course we were completely, you know, immersed in the space opera kind of, mm-hmm. you know, action, adventure yes you know spaceships and, and there was also a little bit of that thrown in with mutants i mean it was well, a weird b movies you know because you were working in a movie theater and so there are all these b movies and then there was also some kind of like you know sneaking into like stuff that was a little like you know not rated you know so there was some <laughs> nudity there was a little you know it's kind of got exposed to some of that stuff at an early age and so we were like that found its way into the the comics they were mm-hmm. a little sexy they yeah. were kind of even underground comics i mean we were yeah. like that that stuff was just mm-hmm. laying around too when we were really pretty young so we were just yeah. getting a lot like, of hippie houses had like the, the you know fa- fa- fabulous furry comics. freak yeah. brothers and right. wonder warthog so we were seeing crazy stuff, stuff art from yeah part of us too maybe it was the combination of punk rock the combination of this maybe the sense of nihilism of the times and 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 kind of a you know the 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 there was really, you know, that the, there there may not be a future, so let's just kind mm-hmm. of be wild, and and so we were kind of 
pushing the envelope or there was some shock value involved and we weren't really political yet. We were kind of, I well, we were more, we were, we were like uh, politically conscious. No, yet. we were almost like rebelling against our, right. you know, very liberal, politically yes, conscious yeah, parents yes. and the and kind in of a the way being kind of grew up around shocking. So let's just ultra violent and yeah. And being like kind of, yeah, being pro, pro, a little, little punk provocateurs, provocateurs, you know, but that was high school and it was rebellious and it was kind of, you know, there wasn't any and, steadfast rules. We were pushing yeah. the envelope and, yeah. but we were learning as we went. And uh, so suddenly we're, you know, we have a little, we got this little studio downtown and we were kind of, we were practically moved out, but we had this little studio in downtown Portland right above a punk club called uh, the 13th Precinct, as I recall. And, uh, and that was like 83 or something, 84. And so still at that kind of Reagan era, you know, the wall hadn't come down yet. It was still very tense time. And the economics were crazy and AIDS was kind of kicking in. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, But I'd been working at a comic book store and I had just quit because I, you know, so all this, all that superhero stuff was in my psyche, all of those sort of influences were there, but we were kind of growing out of that, or I was kind of growing into more, into more, you know, young adult interests. Yeah, right? music, fashion, right. even thinking about going to, you know, the Fashion Institute or That's FIT, right. yeah. and, and you wanted to go to. I wanted to, to go to film school, NYU, or not NYU, but uh, down in LA, down to like USC or UCLA, right. and all that. So we were dreaming of something big, but we were still just kind of trying to trying to make, make it happen by you know doing rock posters and for bands and doing little graphics because we we started taking some classes in graphic Refining design, finding our yeah. knowledge of drawing and illustration, hand lettering, mm-hmm. graphic design, all of those kind of some some of those you know we did have a bit of a work ethic, and our father I think gave us a lot of that. Um, you know, just getting up every day and making art yeah, and doing it as a profession, really thinking of it like, okay, this is what we do. And, mm-hmm. and you know, having to deal with all those, you know, adults at the time, you know, mm-hmm. going, oh, here's 20 bucks or here's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be good exposure for you and us having to kind of go, no, we have to charge you money. And and so we, we learned those skills kind of, you know, you know, trial by fire. And, mm-hmm. but it was tough. And we were, you know, we were fighting just to get those little, just to get, you know, the gigs and little gigs at that time. So starting to make money from our art, yeah, and they, it gave we, a little f- taste of the potential. Yeah, but it was still very like. And there was the, well, and there was we were in this series of studios. And there were other professional artists around us, and they were like graphic designers. And so we started to get that discipline of, oh wow, they can do it, we can do it too. And I think that that helped um, uh, helped us to see the potential. Um, yeah. And they were doing artists that were doing, you know, images on like bags for Nordstroms or or posters for yeah, they're real traditional yes. kind of commercial graphic artists yeah. and, and illustrators. And, illustrators, and, and yeah. so that was you know there was a professional photographer. In so yeah, that was an amazing set of kind of pseudo mentors. Yeah, that sure. were just that were just you know kind of they were doing their thing too. So that all was impacting our, our our sense of in of of the possibility but also giving us a few opportunities and connections and so we got a few little gigs here and there and we ended up doing something for like the union-based sportswear and we did this, this character named mr heat and he was like a comic book kind of character 
Unfortunately, that didn't take off. We were hoping that that would become yeah, a their thing. national ad campaign, right. Mr. Heat. And but no, so that but you know things like that, and then there was uh, Kinkos. We were starting to do the you know, I think yeah. Kinkos had just opened a store in Portland, right? So. so we were doing like local Kinkos ads, drawing kind of all these characters, yeah. hanging out at Kinkos with right, them. you know, and they all had their kind of <laughs> new wave hipsters. Well, that was so we were obviously looking at like magazines, fashion magazines. Uh, Patrick Nagel, obviously, who we're compared to sometimes, or at least Grendel is. And uh, from that time. And so there were those really iconic 80s sort of influences, mm-hmm. you know, MTV and, and yeah. Interview Magazine. And our studio wall was just filled with covered in just crazy photos and yeah. tear sheets for out of like W Magazine and right. all kinds and of stuff. And that was where Antonio Lopez came because he was drawing for, uh, for W. Fashion design, uh, fashion was, illustrator. Right. Fashion illustrator yeah. who would also find his, his, uh, his influence in, in the books. So we're still some of these superhero drawings at a comic book store mm-hmm. uh, called Future Dreams, where I had worked, that were on consignment. And we had done some other little kind of small press thing that was on sale there. And uh, that's when I, yeah, Matt Wagner, the writer of Grendel, came in to do a signing. There had been a black and white Grendel comic book that had come and done it like three or four issues. And then and then now he had had this you know, Kamiko Comics was publishing his color indie comic, Mage, and Grendel was a backup feature in mm-hmm. that. So anyway, that being kind of the basis of it, and he at the time was looking for someone to draw the next iteration of Grendel, which would be the granddaughter of Hunter Rose, the original Grendel, the granddaughter, Christine Spar. Um, yeah. So... Yeah. And that's that. So that led to an opportunity to try out for this uh, book, and and cause and that was Matt's a big, awesome. big ch- yeah. And uh, that that was one of you know it was like I think by the time we got that call, it was like the winter time, and we were oh. like you know scraping by, doing little <laughs> graphic design jobs, and kind of dreaming of like you know oh, it'd be cool to be a professional comic artist or a film director or whatever. And then all of a sudden, the phone rings. And I don't know if it was Matt or who you you talked to him. Well, I think I'd gone into the comic store to see if we'd sold any drawings, and then mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, here's you know, yeah, give him a call." And then I called Matt, and we had a brief conversation. And uh, you know, the the to, you know the the request was to do like five pages, three, I think. yeah, three, five three, pages, three I, to five pages. I I, I can't a remember. A couple of action pages, mm-hmm. and then a conversation scene to right. just see if quiet. we could handle. Both. And really, he didn't give us a script. He just said, kind of come up with something. Let us see what mm-hmm. you come up with. And so we already kind of had machinations of yeah. being writers. So we looked at the character. Uh, well, he must have described character. the Christine described- Spar character because it was, we drew her. Yeah, so I, I basically based on kind of loose <laughs> the brief. descriptions, but there wasn't any visual brief. It was just kind of, she's kind of, you know, She's got a cool, sh- white, she's got white in her shock, hair. black hair, and yeah. she's kind of, you know, modern. And so I created this, you know, by that point, I was pretty proficient at drawing the female figure, and fashion was really influencing me, and obviously Patrick Nagel and, and, and these other sort of, um, you know, influences for, of pop culture and fashion particularly. So that became the basis of drawing this character, Christine Spar, and, um, and really inventing her look, and really that was sort of, happening while doing the sample pages so it mm-hmm. all kind of happened all at once and and yeah. sent these you know fairly elaborate 
you know, yeah. for an indie comic, I mean, they were, we were hungry. Yeah. You know, so they had, they, you know they, architecture, backgrounds, yeah. fire escapes, rain, zip a tone. Yeah. You know, the whole. Well, we were. So, yes, there were some pencil versions, and then there was a couple that we inked. inked right. And at that time, we were still inking with these rapidograph pens. and We and weren't using brush weren't or anything. Using, it was a very right. so technical was pens doing figure art. kind of hard and stiff and graphic design. It didn't have a lot of fluidity to the the inks and so it had a look and it was very old but it wasn't really you know fluid yet and mm-hmm. and i think that that so so we got the penciling as it turns out yeah got the penciling they, they went the well now you got a taste of what it was like coming up in portland in the early 80s next episode do we have what it takes to tackle our first major indie comic book series find out how it set an 18 and a 21 year old on a path of collaborative challenges and creative adventures in storytelling grendel devil's legacy is written by matt wagner and published by dark horse comics to get notified about new episodes follow the panda bros podcast on spotify and apple podcasts and subscribe to watch it on our panda bros youtube channel